Ashes to Awesome Podcast, Rising Through Recovery. I'm your host, Chuck LaPlanche, and thank you for joining me while we take a mostly serious look at the realities of addiction and rising through recovery. So, hey guys, it is Wednesday. That means it is Kaleidoscope Wednesday. We've got the captain here with us again. He is back from his little hiatus of being sick. He is passionate, he is wise, he is charismatic, and he is here with us today. All right, guys. So we are sitting here now with the captain. He is back for another one of his episodes. Welcome back there, captain. Hey, Chuck. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. How's about yourself? I'm not too bad. You know, um, kids, life, uh, you know, all the stuff. All the stuff. A little bit tired this morning, but you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's what you get for being 44 with uh, children under five. <laughs> no kidding. Well, I'm glad you're back and, and in good health. Uh, you were missed last week. Some of the feedback from your last couple episodes here, Captain, and uh, some listeners had some questions for you. And I thought, why don't we introduce a new thing here? We're going to ask you every week, actually. Um, we're going to take some submissions from listeners. So one of the first ones that came in was from Auburn, who people that have been keeping up on the show, you all know that Auburn's opinion and, and feedback means a lot to me here. So the first question that we're going to ask you comes from Auburn. And then I'm going to ask you a few more for some other listeners. How's that work for you, Captain? That's yeah, great. Uh, you know, I'll try everything once and at least twice, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, I think I have okay. coffee here in the first place, so I better be careful with that. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. All right. So the first question does come from Auburn, and it is, what is something you learned from a patient about addiction and recovery that you weren't taught in school that maybe you continue to use in your group sessions? Oh, wow. Okay. That's an interesting question. Um you know, something specific, uh, you know, here's here's what I've learned that you, they don't really teach you in school is that um, we are so bankrupt of emotional intelligence as a as a society, like as part of the social tapestry, and especially as men, that um, the cognitive intelligence portion is always like overused, way over exercise. Okay, so I'm just going to interrupt you quickly there, Captain. Cognitive intelligence portion. Bring that, bring that down a little bit for us, for okay. some of our listeners. So if we think about like how we locate, um, we often locate in our mind. And if I was to like physically think about where I'm experiencing the world right now, it's in my mind. And that would so the cognitive intelligence is the ability to be rational. It's where our ego lives. It's where fear lives. It's where creativity lives. Uh, it, you know, our, so like my. When I figure out how I'm gonna, ha- how long it's gonna take me, you know, pre Google Maps to drive from Vancouver to Calgary, uh, you know, I had to think about it. So that's my cognitive intelligence in in, in motion. When I'm, when, when like figuring out tips, uh, is a really good, you know, that that doesn't take just the anything tips. to <laughs> just the tips, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't take anything. It's like I don't, I can't locate that in my in my heart. You know what I mean? And so, so the it's, it's the, the raw intelligence, heavy. maybe is that a yes. good way to say that? Okay. okay. Yes, yeah, so, but, okay. but I look at it like there's, to, to look at the comprehensive human experience, you have two sets of e, uh, IQ and EQ. Emo- emotional intelligence is the EQ, IQ being the cognitive intelligence. 
Gotcha. Okay, now that makes sense to me. So I'm going to get you to start over with your answer. EQ and IQ. Emotional intelligence is the intelligence that we have from a somatic, psychosomatic connectability place. Okay? Now, cognitive intelligence is the driver of the rationale in our mind. It's actually like our prefrontal cortex, this tiny little part of our brain that does all this magical work, but it becomes also the source of mitigating factors to our own connection. Okay. Okay. So this applies to her question as? As um, that I never learned anywhere the that um, most people in addiction are hyper smart cognitively and bankrupt emotionally. Wow. that That's kind of a big deal. That makes so much sense. Go ahead, though. Continue, please. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, like, and unfortunately, like, you know, we, there's not a lot – post 1990s or, or pre 1990s about the role of emotional intelligence that's why you don't see it in the in the written text of the big book of alcoholics anonymous or you know they don't talk about that and they don't talk about it in the the basic texts of na uh you talk i guess not it just wasn't a thing because it in, in like because we didn't understand how the brain really worked that well until we had technology of digital imaging that's what they call the 1990s the decade of the brain because that's when we started to learn about how it worked okay. through okay. heat patterns and activity patterns that we could get through digital in- imaging right and, and all of that yeah all the stuff right right yeah so uh, to answer the question and that applies to your group sessions now right yeah yeah i have a huge component of developing emotional intelligence starting with basically a feeling wheel. Simplest thing in the world. But so when I was learning about emotional intelligence in school, this is like years ago, I uh I put like I was so poor, I lived off twenty bucks a month. And it's like and and I I, I yeah, you know, like oh it was awful. Uh, no, actually it was amazing. I shouldn't say it was awful. It was the experience I wanted. I wanted to be a broke student, and I was <laughs> very <laughs> so I put a colored feeling wheel on my fridge. Right on the back door, right by the back door. And every day that before I went out, I would pick one word on that wheel and I would resonate it and I would try to use it in my vocabulary all day long. Okay. Okay. So every day, a new word in the wheel. Eventually, the comprehensive nature of my emotional intelligence just expounded, like, because I, I, I could feel how to use the word instead of thinking. So my EQ rose with, by expanding my emotional lexicon. Or vocabulary. Um, and then what happened was, uh, surprisingly, I started to feel how other people felt by the words they were using. So it's just a sense of empathy, if you will, kind of, right? Like, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Okay. And, and okay. W- yeah. without, with, it was a, it was a byproduct of just trying to get my own emotional intelligence going. Wow. Okay. So, okay. It, so yeah. what I learned is it's very, it's the, it's like love. Like you have to give it to get it. Got you. You know, it doesn't, it, 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 again, it breaks the traditional uh, laws of economics where if you give something away, you lose it. That's what we're taught in capitalism. But in a natural state of humanity, whatever you give away comes back to you double. I give you love, I get more back. If, if I share a, a feeling with you, I get way more back. That's, uh, that's some heavy shit, man. I like that. I, I really like that. And what a, Great, fantastic answer. I mean, yeah, it's a, it is a paradigm shifter. So that question is phenomenal uh, because it. What the biggest thing I learned is that emotional intelligence has to be. It, you can't do anything without it. 
You cannot create sustainable behavior change without emotional foundation. If you don't know, listen to this formula. If you don't know what your emotion is while you're experiencing it, your, your propensity to be overwhelmed, like quadruples. Once I'm overwhelmed, I lose access to my IQ, my rational part of my brain, and I enter into that limbic flooding, flight or flight sense. So what happens now I'm overwhelmed and, and I'm fight or flight? I need to cope. How do I cope? Smoke this, drink that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, because, because, like, it, in my life, one of the only things that's been extremely consistent is that when I snort that, I, ch- it changes how I feel and it happens every fucking time. So drugs and alcohol had become, at one point, my most trusted ally because it was the only thing that never fucking let me down. You know what I mean? It, you, you really helped me to understand so much more about addiction now we're, we're going to move on to the next question i feel if we if we focus too much on any one of these questions we're going to have a whole episode for every single one which is which is great i mean and, and you know what i i like this captain because it's something that's kind of developing in my brain is these are ideas for new episodes right so um let's let's just move on to the next one here and uh greg in toronto says what is something about addiction recovery that might surprise someone who has never been in active addiction or recovery or recovery community okay now i i am a advocate for uh the 12 steps the rooms all that stuff okay um i've been around long enough to know what i like and know what i don't and um the one thing that i'll say is always the 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 deciding or the or the most impactful is how that community and uh, corrals or um, surrounds and supports that new person in the room. You know, I say the new person is the most important person in the room. Yeah. Like yep. if, if that is a foundational belief of any given group. Yeah. Regardless if it's 12 step or whatever, right? I mean, whatever. That, yeah. Yeah. To be seen, to be heard, to be loved, to feel lovable are the needs that we have as human beings on this earth. As soon as I walked into my very first meeting way back in 1997, uh, that's what I experienced. And they let me have a voice in that room. And I got to share an experience of what I was going through for the first time in my life without fearing judgment. No kidding. You're articulating so well what I went through. And I just haven't been able to, to, to use, you know, the right words to, to describe it. I, I, I mean, I would use different words, but that's bang on, man. That, that is absolutely bang on. And it, it, to, to add on to that, and what a great answer that is to like, just generally speaking, uh, to add on to that through the show, I'm really seeing the passion, right? And, and, and we talked about this last night when we were on the phone discussing on, on where to go. And it's funny how this stuff just always, you know, whatever the topic is, we tend to get back to it and, you know, find a way to make it work. And, and, um, it's become so obvious to me, the passion behind it. And, and I don't think you could find, I don't think you could find a topic to do a podcast on that gets more engagement from people because of exactly what you just said, right? That community. And, and it's, you know, amazing, and it is, you know? it is this 12 step. And, and there is another element. Um, that I really want to just touch down quickly on. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the power of community and the power of narrative. Okay. Explain that. Uh, it, when, uh, so when, when I, you know, when I started, I, I went to this group in Calgary that was a Toronto style. 
And so what, what does that mean? Toronto style? Yeah. It, well, I didn't know <laughs> to me, it was, that was what it, it was. So I had no idea until I went to other places and saw, Oh my God, it's different. A uh, Toronto style means that you have, um, two meetings a week, home group meetings a week. One is a step and discussion meeting. And then one is a speaker meeting. The speaker meeting, you don't have to do anything but sit in a chair, 50 minutes long, one speaker, and that's it, right? And the step and discussion is where you get to know people and, and you know, and talk about the steps. And that how back and forth. And, yeah, yeah, right. Well, not back and forth because – and it just so I understand, I've only been to one kind of meeting, Captain. So – was the crosstalk in that in that in that first version of the meeting you're talking about? Would that still be a no go? Where when somebody's talking, you don't ask questions and yeah, I mean yeah, and it, you know you, you you let people share for there's no there's no crosstalk, but okay, you know that's where you, you yeah. you'd sit in a circle and you and it, you'd read out of, out of the book. I don't know, it's kind of this, a stereotypical like what you would see in a music video or a, a movie kind of thing, right? So yeah, okay. and I could like go into like I I used to go to the back room. With this, uh, all the old guy timers that were going cleaning like the forties and fifties. So that's where I learned all about recovery from those old guys. So it was a 10, 11, 12. And I had multiple years at that time. So you had to kind of earn your way to that spot. You would start at the big table, step one, two, three. And that's where it was like, huh, you know, so, so it was heavy, but the power, my point is when I would go to a speaker meeting and didn't have any pressure to do anything and the power of the narrative of the individual sharing their story would inspire me in ways that I didn't know existed. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so the power of community to make me feel accepted and wanted and the power of narrative that made me inspired to be more. I love that. And those are the two most important things for me that uh, the recovery communities offer the newcomer. Okay. Okay. That, that's- and then wait, and then just to add on structure is safety. Consistency is safety. Get a home group, get a service position. That's how you create the safety of your of your early recovery. Um, wow, man, it, you, these are great questions and great answers too. I might add. So and I, I like the on the fly answers. I got to tell you. Yeah, I know, right? I know, I, I know that is your style. So we're uh, we're we're working at work here, and we're making it work well. Okay, on to the next one. Um, who is this now? Sorry, Julie in Vancouver. So a little bit closer to you. Uh, if you weren't involved in addiction recovery counseling, what would you be doing? <laughs> well, here's a, I know I don't like construction. I know that I don't like uh, uh, Colombian illicit brokering. <laughs> it's purveyor of party supplies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, to be honest with you, um, I was uh, sitting. I, I I was doing construction. I, me and my buddy had a company. I was a few years clean or sober, and um, my buddy's dad had a heart attack. He moved home. I was left here in Vancouver, and I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, I had this fear of going back to school because it was, you know, I was going to prove that I was dumb, and that was the only thing I had left was my intelligence. So, you know, so um, I went and saw a career counselor, and this lady said to me, you know, like what what if you took money off the table and power and prestige and all that stuff off the table, what would you do? What did you want to do when you were a little kid? And without thinking, what fell out of my face was I want to be a writer. And she said, well, okay, that's something you can do. Um, but what would you like to go to school to do? And I was, she said, what could you do? What could you do as a career while you could write about it? And I love connecting with people authentically. So I said counseling and that's how I ended up 
going down that road was that conversation with that lady. And, um, and so, but if I did, if I wasn't a counselor, I'd want to, if I could somehow, I'd want to be a full-time writer. Well, and I think this is kind of what you're getting towards, aren't you? You do have a book that you're working on right now. Is that, yeah. Can yeah, we talk yeah, about just, that? Can we take a minute to, to sure, yeah. that, it's, you know, right? it's called Kaleidoscope. Um, it's been in the works for about five years now. I'm working with, a. Uh, just a, a genius of a man uh, who is do helping me with the writing of it. He's a PhD in in writing, and he well, yeah, he's he's phenomenal. He's written many books. I'd like to give him a plug here, but I don't have his permission and talk to him first. So and yeah, so basically, I've been studying Steinbeck, and I've been studying uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald and Hemingway and Bukowski. Um, to to kind of get a feel for my stylistics, it's actually been. I'm going to interrupt fun. you again, Captain. Sorry for doing that. That list of authors. Don't break them down individually, because then again, there's a whole other episode. Who are they as a group? Can we? And I'll ask you that way, right? They elicit authentic, true human experience. But if I'm going to plug books, like I'm, every human being on this planet needs to read a man's search for meaning. Everybody needs to read a that man's book. search for meaning by Viktor Frankl. By Viktor. Okay. Okay. So, um, and you know what? I will. Last time we talked about a book, I didn't put it in because I was traveling and all that stuff. Uh, this time I will make sure that 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 book does get a plug um, within the Facebook page. And and, and, and I'll give you I'll give you Cole's notes. Um, yeah. He he speaks about it's about how to develop meaning in your life. Since I found meaning in my life, I have not felt the need to cope with any overwhelming emotion. Okay, that that is that that is huge, right? And so, he uses his experience okay. in in Auschwitz to to show the story. Oh my, his real life um, experience. Yeah. That sounds it's, pretty heavy right off the bat. Yeah, he's right? he's kind of a he's kind of a grandfather yeah. of existentialism. No kidding, eh? No kidding. Um, okay, so I've got uh, one more. I'm going to let uh, it, it came in as a voicemail, so I'm I'm just going to play it for you now, and. Um, I'll get you to answer. And this one actually comes from Carl the Atheist, who is, uh, you know, he's my, he's my Friday guy here. He's, uh, he's a very close friend of mine. So, um, here, I'll play it for you now and then, uh, I'll get you to answer it back. Okay, Captain. What do you do to recharge and or stay grounded after a particularly bad day or week? Carl the, Carl the Atheist, CTA, my man. <laughs> I love it. No, 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 uh, KTA, KTA. Carl, KTA, all right. Uh, Carl, this is a uh, this is a really good one because you know like some days I hear some shit man that is like my I have to, it takes both hands to keep my jaw from hitting the floor you know um and like I have bad days and I have a lot of them and and they're not mine but I take them with me and uh what happened originally is like I started to get really fat <laughs> you know that's the first thing that happened I developed this uh habit of eating sleep eating at night after I started to do a lot of trauma work. So I have to do, um, I use Eugene Gendelin's focus exercise, which is a six step focusing, uh, a meditation exercise to get in touch with the wisdom of my body. So, uh, the first thing I do is I want to shake it out. I literally shake my hands out to try to get that energy off. I find space, um, perceptual space. I like, I like nature if I can, but I have a reading chair that I really like. I sit in that chair, I do breathing exercises, I do a half lotus uh, position, which is, um, well, we're going to get into that in a little bit, um, what the lotus is, but, and I, um, and I go into like, Carl, uh, this life that I'm living right now is, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I got it, I don't know if I deserve it, um, 
But I have these two beautiful children, uh, this amazing partner that is so supportive. And all of these things that I've worked really hard for, but I've had so many beautiful people in my life that got me here. Um, and I sit in that space of just absolute wonder and, and excitement to be breathing and to be, uh, I get every opportunity to be the man I want to be every given day. And, and, and so it's really after, after doing that. And, and I think about like, you know, yesterday I got a message. I woke up at seven in the morning to a message from one of my longtime clients saying that she, um, was looking back at the last five years of her life and how amazing, uh, things have come together for her and it wouldn't be possible without me. Now that's not true, but she thinks that, you know, and appreciates me as part of that. And so like, she could have done it without it, you, but she didn't have to. Is I, yeah. Right? Like I don't, I don't, all I know is that she appreciates that the fact that I'm living on this earth and there was a long time in my life that I just wish I wouldn't wake up the next day, you know? And so, uh, it's it, it, so like it's it, it, that that makes it all just fade away you know it's hard and it's fucking at times it feels like somebody's reached in and taken your heart and squeezed it out rang it out like a fucking sponge with nothing left to give but there's always something left to give because my heart is connected to so many other hearts and when my energy is low i can know that i can borrow and, and when mine is full, I can give, you know? And so like, we're all connected in this, you know, this like galactic spider web of human spirit. Uh, and so when I'm low, I rely on everybody else. And when I'm, when I'm up, they get to take some, you know? And so, but it's a process because I have to get there. And so I need to do the breathing exercises. I need to do the grounding and I need to go through the process of, it starts with gratitude and it ends up in tears. All right. Well, you know what? That is what a great answer. Uh, I, I think we, if I found a new favorite part of the show here right now. So, um, <laughs> and, and that we're going to take that and we're going to lead into the first commercial break, which is going to be thanking the No New Friends podcast for our daily gratitudes because, well, right? What a perfect time to do those. And yeah, guys, the captain led into it just nicely. If you don't practice daily gratitudes, Perhaps you should. They've been a huge part of my recovery and uh, and a lot of people that I talk to as well. And at the end of the day, keeping track of the good shit in your life can only lead more good shit. And the Daily Gratitudes are brought to you by the No New Friends Podcast. Podcast for adults who love to laugh at adulting. And I'll, I'll be straight up with you guys. I use them every single week to kind of unwind after some of the crazy serious stuff that uh, that, that we produce here on the uh, Ashley Trossom Podcast. So uh, they are funny. They are a little adult. They don't go too far. They've recently started a whole new kind of episode for some of the more off-color stuff uh, called the No New Friends After Dark. Either way, guys, check them out. They are absolutely hilarious. That is the No New Friends podcast. I'm going to get you to give me three daily gratitudes here. Gotcha. Well, I want to do like one, two, three, uh, the, the the questions that were asked today. But, uh, you know, I'll just sum the, you know, um, I and I know we... we uh, I'm always grateful for the listeners, but today I'm, I'm extra grateful because these questions have, are um, really, they, they really, I think they really hit my, my authentic self. And I've been struggling with finding what that is on a podcast. Uh, this is all still pretty new to me. And I'm, and I'm, I, I want so desperately to be impactful. Um, and so these questions are, 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 um, are kind of validating that. That element. Awesome. Um, That's, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, that, we're on the same page with this one. Yep. yep. 
And then I'm going to, you know, like I already mentioned, I'm always going to mention my beautiful family that has supported me through fucking a master's degree and working three jobs and paying mortgages and, you know, being burnt out and being grumpy and being an asshole at times, you know, like, so, uh, (laughs) all the things. Yeah. And, and for some reason they still love me and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I wish you guys could see my wife because you'd probably say what everyone says, which is, why is she with you? <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> she's way hotter than you. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then, and then, you know, I guess the third would have to be, um, our Chuck in the show, you know, our connection again, um, to, to, to see how kindred we truly are and have been right. for 35 plus years. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Hey, I know I, 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 yeah, I, I talk about it often, right? Off the air and it's, uh, it's something else. So. Um, and hey guys, the fourth and, and the captain's already covered it is you, the listeners. So I'll just give you another shout out though, cause you deserve that. Uh, things have changed drastically within the show in the last week, week and a half. Um, we're leveling up. We are uh, moving forward. I am finally and to the point of overwhelming tears this week, beginning to realize that I'm going to be able to spread this message to the masses. So that is because of you, the listeners. And I am so very, very grateful for each and every one of you. And we're just going to take a quick break for the PSA, and we'll be right back with this week's exercise. And the PSA is now brought to you by the Partners and Spouses of Addicts Facebook group, where they support healing from the chaos of a loved one's addiction through peer support. And the PSA is this, guys, Narcan, Narcan, Narcan. I cannot say this enough. I feel strongly that each and every one of you should have it around. Most of you are never going to be around irresponsible opioid use, but you never know what it's going to be around you. It is free at all harm reduction centers. It is at a lot of pharmacies, not all, of course. And if you can't find it in your part of the world, shoot me an email, Podcast at gmail.com. I'll do the legwork for you. I'll find you some free Narcan near you, and we'll just make sure that we all got kicking around, guys. You could be the one that saves the life of somebody that loves and that is loved. And to me, that is a very powerful thing. If you could think of a good reason you shouldn't have some, I'll give you five more that say that you should. So, all right, guys. So, uh, we are back and now it's something that I've, uh, really wanted to do with the captain and, and we've done it the last couple episodes here. Uh, and we're going to try and do it every time we get together is, uh, an exercise that you can do at the home or you can do at home with us. And, and I'm going to get the captain to walk us through it about before we get into the next segment, which is, uh, talking about, um, well, connection and, and I'll let him get into that. So, all right, captain, what do you got for us today? Okay, so this kind of like typically I kind of like to do the exercise, you know, near the end, but uh, this one's a little more fitting to do it uh, at the beginning because I want to talk about connection. Um, and I, the, the reason is, uh, because the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and, and it can't happen without intrinsic connection. Uh, without an intrinsic uh, sense of alignment. Uh, internally, I have to feel like my foundation is strong and connected. I'm connected with myself. I have self-worth, self-esteem, self-respect, uh, integrity. All the values are in order. And then I can make myself, uh, put myself in a position of strength to be able to be vulnerable to connect with the universe itself and everything in it. Okay, so no- nothing happens unless I'm, I'm unless the foundation is built. Okay, so this exercise is uh, is very Alan Wattsy. Okay. Okay. If you don't know who Alan Watts is, 
He is a 20th century philosopher that changed my entire world uh, just by listening to his stuff. So he's got, he's all over Spotify. Um, he's got lectures and lectures and lectures. He's hilarious. Anyways, I'll just leave it at that. If you guys are interested, check him out. Uh, just, you can search it on Spotify. Alan Watts, I like to put it on in the background. Chill step. It's good stuff. Okay. So, so now, um, the idea is to, to use the lotus position, uh, as a meditative position. The, the lotus position is not a position that I can do completely. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. I had to. <laughs> the lotus position is when our legs are crossed one on top of the other with our feet up facing the sky. Yeah. 1990 called in. It wants its body back. Like I can't do that anymore, man. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then this, you know, you guys, you see this position all the time when you talk about meditation and then, the, um, like- yeah, hands on your knees. Palms up. So the reason is because they believe that the human spirit is most connectable through the hands, feet, and top of your head. So by having your feet up to the sky and your hands up to the sky and your head to the sky, it makes us a vessel of spirituality. That's the philosophy. I, you know, now I, I'm not exactly super, uh, following that per se, but that's the background of the lotus position. That, my brain defaults to urban voodoo, so I'm going right, to not not play into that. I'm going to be open-minded about this. So, yeah. So, okay, then, uh, Chuck, I, I, I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes, if you would. Okay. Now, the idea is, uh, if you can, put your hands on your desk with your palms up. Now, and just notice breath. We're not going to influence breath. We're not going to change it. We're just noticing the natural rhythm of breath and let allow you and listeners please please do this at home. now and just kind of let your mind loose a little bit so as you're noticing breath happening let the thoughts kind of c- cascade across the landscape of your own imagination okay now as you feel the breath within your body uh, settle into uh, an alignment in a rhythm allow the rest of the world to slowly saturate into your existence Allow the images to pass, go across your mind, allow your thoughts to cross like a shooting stars uh, across the night sky. Just just be as you let the world soak up into your existence. From where you're sitting, we're going to allow the street or the block that you're on, trees, the mountains in the distance or the prairies in the distance. North America is a member of the earth all of its connectability and vast beyond that planets and stars and on and on and on as thoughts cross notice that some might stick some might hold we want to just appreciate those not give them too much attention but allow them to be there and float as the wind is blowing the rivers are flowing the idea is to be connected in your solidarity from where you're sitting and allowing your being to be connected with the whole earth while your thoughts race and dialogue pops up from here and there in the back of your mind. Now just take a deep breath again. Notice your breathing. You inhale life. We exhale stress. Be connected. You can come back at any time. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So from this state you're in right now, would you say that you are more connectable or less connectable? More, without a shadow of a doubt. Right. And so what's happened there is we took... 
Um, the defense mechanisms that run the fucking show on a daily basis, uh, we, we put them in their place by not empowering them, but allowing them to be. So when we think about how the ego works, now the ego is uh, the great disconnect. Uh, there's, a, there's a guy, named, an old AA guy named Chuck C. who wrote a book called A New Pair of Glasses, and he calls the ego the great disconnect. So it's not that the ego is good or bad. It just is. It has a job to do, and that job is to protect. Uh, but it has a rule. Nothing gets in, nothing gets out. No one moves, nobody gets hurt, which is counterproductive to the human spirit and its flourishing. So actually, the ego is what keeps us from the ability to be authentic, the ability to be vulnerable, and the ability to connect. And okay, so you think about you know I've been you know I've been to how many many meetings and how many times have I seen ego there? How do I feel about when I interact with people with ego? I don't feel like I'm connectable. Yeah, like I, I don't feel like there's a docking there. It's, it's not a possibility. So you're, you're saying when when they have ego or when you, when yeah, it's your ego? either way, either okay. way. But because like you said, that give and take that you know earlier in the show when you talked about how emotion you know I get that now that makes more sense. Yeah, right. And so like. What the ego's job is, it's, I mean, it's important to understand that the ego has a role and we have to validate that. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, it, what it likes to do is take control and it takes over the bridge, right? We can't let that happen. We have to always be at the, in the, in the control of our own destiny or control of our own existence. So I like to just have a little conversation with my ego, like, Hey, ego, you did a great job, especially as a teenager. Fuck. I don't know what I would have done without you, but right now you got to go to your shelf. Uh, cause, cause, cause you get in the way. Okay. So I'll call you when I need you. You don't need to just show up. This ain't a pop in thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so right. it's not like as soon as we say ego, I never want to see you again. Then mm-hmm. it's going to, it's going to fight for its own existence. And that's when we spin out. Okay. It becomes, yeah, it so. becomes like a rabid dog. It does whatever it can. But if it's been validated, it's like, okay, I'll go sit in my, my What's the time and a place for you? And I'll let you know <laughs> when that is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a job to do. It's not now. And it's just like the ego's like eager. To, to yeah. get ready, it's always ready to go. You know, it's just yeah, like you know, yeah. chill out, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Going for one cover? Captain. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. And and but we have to remember that you know, like we have to be present in our own existence in order to make the decisions required to get to where I want to go. Okay, and we, okay. so we talked originally about yesterday, today, tomorrow, right? Our goal is to be in the now. The problem is, is that we have this sense of me. And there's a guy named Eckhart Tolle, or Tolle, whatever you want to call him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he talks about anytime you have a statement that says, I am something, it's the work of ego, which means disconnect. I am a counselor, ego. I am friend, even ego. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always something yeah. that separates me. The only two that you, according to him, the only one, I added one, is um, I am life. Is the only true statement that can be authentic without okay. the ego being present. I added, I think you can say I am love because life and love are synonymous in my opinion. Yeah. And so, yeah. so we want to look at what are the things that keep us from accessing our ability to feel the moment. I okay. need, what do I, what do I, the things that mitigate it are uh, insecurities, and we protect it with anger and ego, uh, especially men. Everything is protected with e- anger and ego with men. Um, we have, uh, 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 let's say, uh, missed value, uh, something, you know, we're not acting in our values. Yeah. So if I said I'm going to be somewhere and I don't be there, that keeps me from being connectable. Okay. Uh, and and anything that I call out of rhythm or out of alignment. 
So if I'm not being who I want to be, chances are I'm not feeling very connectable. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. The things we need for connection are number one, most important, we need courage. Courage is probably the most important um, uh, strength or trait that, 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 that we can summon at any given time. I okay. cannot have vulnerability without courage. I cannot have connectability without courage. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yep. So vulnerability is here's my emotions. <laughs> They're on the table. You can poke and prod. I hope that you'd be nice to them. But, you know, that's up to you. And that <laughs> is the vulnerable thing. I'm putting yeah. my emotions in a place that I can't control what other people do with them. That's vulnerability. Okay. Yep. Okay. So when I'm in that space and it's met with an equal vulnerability, I have the uh, – I've ex- achieved the transcendence, transcendence of time and space through emotional connection, and that is part of an evolutionary cycle for human existence. Right. Yeah. Uh, we do not evolve as human beings without love. It's not our thoughts. Like the separating factor from human beings to everything else is our ability to see into the future – Recall the past and make make complex uh, ideas and decisions around that. Most animals, pretty much all animals, they do the same thing every day that they're designed yeah. to do right. without yeah. choice. We have choice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> choice is freedom. So when we so, but it's also like the thing that is fucked us up. Pardon my language, yeah, but no. whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, like my 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 ability to remember the past has created an everlasting sense of trauma through my existence. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So very much so. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at a goldfish, you know, they get nicked in the fin. They live the rest of their life not really giving a shit how they got nicked in the fin. They don't experience that trauma, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, this is huge, man. I I like this. Yeah. So we also have the ability to see into the future, which no other mammal does okay. that we know of. And that, so if, my, if I remember the past mm-hmm. and my past was a bunch of shit, how do you think I'm going to project into the future? Now obviously, it's going to have uh, <laughs> right. anything to do with how you project into the future, right? Yeah, Exactly. So, um, so if I want to be in the moment, I need mm-hmm. to, we're always in attention against ourselves. And this is, the moment is my ego against because my ego knows if I'm in the moment, I'm going to be vulnerable because emotion is present. So yeah. the ego wants to keep me from the moment. And this is why we, if I don't take control and I don't put it in its place and, and, and actually manage the parts of my existence and remind mm-hmm. myself that I prove, I don't need to prove anything to anybody but me. There's a good one. I want to be a man of compassion, honesty, and integrity. There's, you know yeah. what I mean? All these things that I need to continue to remind myself. That's that that builds me up in an intrinsic way that I can say, ego, you're not needed right now. I'll let you know yeah. when you are. Like that dialogue. Or um maybe sometimes like I need to like put away my 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 judgment or my prudence, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I maybe I need to be in protective mode and empathy goes out the I need to put empathy on the shelf and I need to come at something in order to protect my family or my career or you know what Which, I mean? Okay. I, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you there and I, I mean Something that's coming into the show in, in very soon is um, a, a much more focused effort on the loved ones of addicts. So yep. you just said you need to put empathy aside for a minute and protect yourself. I think that really much applies. So I, 
how does one, and, and if you can just kind of give me the, the brief one on, and I think there's probably another episode in this. If you're the mother of an addict, the husband, the wife, that, you know, how does one maybe find the way to do that, to, to, to hold on to those values that you're trying so hard to hold on to, but while protecting yourself. So putting that empathy aside and, and, and okay. still hold on to, to who you're trying to be. So how, how does okay. somebody do that? Right. Well, first off, most important, and you know, it's a really, a really good question. It's, it's actually a very um, real life question. So, uh, number one, boundaries are everything. Boundaries are this is where I end and you begin. Yeah. In between the space of where I end and you begin and me is all of those intrinsic resources: self esteem, self worth, self respect, and it, it's yeah. pushing against that boundary. So, as soon as I let my boundary up, I'm now negotiating my self worth. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? That makes so sense. Yeah. It's like, you know, like I was getting all fucked up all the time and my mom, you know, she wouldn't, I needed money. She wouldn't give me money, but she made sure I had somewhere to live, somewhere to stay, which is her house. And she mm-hmm. made sure that there was food in the fridge, which is, you know, yeah, a direct so that, for me. Right. Yeah. And yeah. It, so that was the, you know, the opposition of the intervention style of support. That's the love model, which is very effective. Yeah. And yeah. so, but she did that by holding a boundary. No, I will not give you money, but I will make sure you're okay. And I'll always be here. That, you need to my, talk. You need to, you, you know what I mean? You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. That, that, exactly. That, that, that is that. It, right. yeah. it wasn't, if so. you don't go to treatment, I'm never fucking talking to you again. It was never that. Yeah. You know? But and eventually. Funny, my mom, exact, like. Wow. Hey, I just, I want to hug your mom right now. <laughs> right? And, the, and, so, and, and you know yeah. what? And that's, a, it's, it was when I was ready, that's what made the difference. Right. Cause I looked that's at her exactly. and I was like, wow, the, like you really told the, the same, line. Yeah. This is the same message, right? The, the, yeah, man. That so wow. cool. Boundaries cool. are essential. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we strength base build. We yeah. understand it's the old, uh, you know, the scorpion and the frog. You know that one? Oh, all too well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. we don't, we don't take the, the most important thing I can say is you have to learn what to take personal. And that, that goes for anything yeah. in, the, in this world, but especially when it comes to dealing with family with addiction issues or okay. characteristics yeah. of addiction, addiction, mm-hmm. it's important that we understand that they're not doing this to us. Mm-hmm. This is all part of, part of the, the, uh, the malady to steal the word out of the big book. And so if you took 20 bucks out of my thing, that's 20 bucks gone. Hey, you know, like I'm going to say, like, like I only got, I only got this amount of room for stealing here. You know, yeah. like I understand where you're at and I understand that you felt like you needed that, but you took that from me. And so you can stay, yeah. but if this happens again, I've run out of room and I'm, you know, and I just need to be clear in that. Uh, that you know that there will be consequence and I will be running out of room, but I do understand where you're coming from. I know you didn't do that to me, but I have to draw a line somewhere. What and, and what a and, great way! To, so you're you're maintaining your value and yeah, and you know, or and, your value and to yourself, support. I should say yeah, yeah, you're and maintaining your support. You're also Absolutely. letting them know that you know basic physics, action and reaction, like everything is a has a consequence and everything is a shelf life. I like to use the term. Uh, when I'm, I'm running out of room, I'm running out of room for, for, for the, the behaviors that I don't really want, but I want to support. I want to yeah. support you, you know? Yeah. And so, and I think, you know, the other thing that we, we really need to do is like understand it's a process. It's not a nice one. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but as John Lennon said in 1969, 
All we need is love. Carl and I were talking about this last night. Uh, just we were, that exact thing last night. You know, all the religion in the world, and, and I'm not going to speak against religion or for it. You know, my position on all things is Switzerland, yeah. right? But yeah. uh, Carl and I were talking last night. Carl, the atheist, right? He K- said KTA. Oh, yeah, KTA. I love that. So, <laughs> and and he's saying, you know, if we just all had a little more love and compassion, that's all we need. The whole world, every problem in the world, would be fixed. Man, my homeboy JL hit the, on the on the head, man. And like, I can't believe it took 1,969 years for someone to say it globally, but you know, like. It's true. 125,000 years we've been on this planet, and it's because of our capacity to love one another. The transmission of love. That's what carried us all right. the way. It's, it's not our thoughts. It's not our ideas. It's the fact yeah. that we love one another. And, and because it all we're starts and ends there, right? So, yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So con- connection specifically, it, so this is how we do that. We need to learn how to transmit and receive love because that is how we, we feel fulfilled. And so and if we feel we, fulfilled, we don't right? need to. We don't need to purpose. fill the void with, you know, right. snorting, poking. Yeah, right. Exactly. And like, yeah. and so that's what we need to have connection. We need to transmit love. And it's really simple. Like, here's some rules that I do for myself. I've lost too many people in this world, as, as most of us have. And so if I have a feeling, and like my, uh, you know, my buddy, Mike, if I'm like, you know, Mike, Mike has always been there for me. He's been such a, I'll be driving along thinking this. He's been such a good guy to me. And you know what? Bam, I'm going to call him up. Mike, listen, I don't have time to talk to you. You just need to know that I fucking love you. I love, and here's why. You did yeah. this, you did this, you did this. And now I got to go. It's not a conversation. I just need to tell you that. And, and that's, and so my, my buddy, my buddy Mike, he died. Uh, and I, the last thing I said to him was that I love you. Here's why. And he, so he died knowing that. Yeah. And I don't have regret. Yeah. You know good. what I mean? Good, good for like, that. Yeah. The last, yeah. the last thing I said to my sister was, I'll see you tomorrow. And I did, never did. And I wish I would have said something else. Uh, you know and so i just never make excuses i'm i'm a freaking sentimentalist i'm a i'm a sensitive man and i I will never make an excuse for that so Uh, if i call you and tell you i love you that's that's for me which is funny uh for me i've always been sensitive but it's always been a guarded you know kind of embarrassed about a thing and and just in the last six months i've been just you know what i fucking own that and i like that about who i am and if you don't, then you're probably not somebody I want in my life anyway. Yep. So Right. And yeah, you, said, you just give you know, me the, yeah. the data I need to, cause I, I also like, <laughs> I need to have a small world. I'm, I'm not a complicated guy. You know, yeah. you hear my <laughs> definitions, like my definition of fear is not enough information. That's because yeah. I'm fucking simple and I need to be simple, you yeah. know? And yeah. so like, um, so these are the little things that I do to build myself, to keep myself in the center of my own existence so that yeah. I can be connectable all the time. And I practice, I practice vulnerability all the time. So now I don't need to, I don't need you to qualify, you know, yeah. like I'll, I'll be vulnerable with anybody because it's for me. Yeah. I'm vulnerable yeah. for me. So I'm connectable. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. dependent on whether I trust you or not because it really doesn't matter. Exactly. And it, exactly. it isn't, right? yeah. it's, it's not for you at all. You okay. know, I'm not, I'm not a bleeding heart or anything, but you know, and, and there are people that like you have to earn the right to hurt me. That's different. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, but I choose. So like with connections and I, I yeah, yeah, with yeah. connection, when we learn to practice this enough, we get to choose what we let in, what we, what we don't. And it makes right. life so much easier. So we have to learn to be vulnerable. Then we have to learn to choose what gets in, what gets out. And the best way to practice that is to start uh, with choosing what you take personal. If it ends in, I love you and thank you, take it personal. And from there, everything else is off the table until you can learn which ones you want to take personal. And that's that's where we're going to start those connections coming. So, yeah. hey man, I I this has been just uh, 
I think we've done a really great job today. I, I, you know what? You know what? I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, I can't fucking wait to see you in person. Right. Like I just like, you know what I mean? That day will come, you know, whenever it comes. And I just want to give you a big hug because I think, I think we've done a great job today. So yeah. So thank you so much for coming back on the show. I'm really looking forward to next week now and I'm sure our listeners are too. So, so, okay. Hey guys, if you are in active addiction right now, today could be the day. Today could be the day that you start that lifelong journey of healing. Reach out to a friend, reach out to a family member, call into detox, go to a meeting, do whatever the hell it is you need to do to start that lifelong journey of healing because it's so much better on the other side. And if you're the loved one of an addict, thank you so much for listening to the show. I appreciate every single listen. But if I could just get to take one more minute out of your day and text that addict and let them know they are loved. Use the words, you are loved. That little glimmer of hope just might be the thing that brings them back. Bottom of the ninth. Up against the odds, running out of time, only got one shot when it's really do or die. When your back's against the wall, when you're fighting for your life, do you believe in you or not? I'm a believer, I believe. I'm a believer, I believe. Second guessing every breath, I'm full of questions. Passes full of cigarettes, alcohol and depression Therapists and all the different pills can get expensive All this bottled up aggression, I'm too old to get arrested Almost died trying to get here, got high through my best years Got sober, then I relapsed, then I cleaned up, got my head clear Sometimes it feels like there ain't to believe in But I believe that we're out here for a reason You don't think you're a fighter From the pressure I put on myself for years Tired from my 20s, the whiskey bottles and beers Tired of smiling while I've been holding back tears But I believe I can do it, so I'm here I'm a believer I believe I'm a believer I believe I've been told I have a death wish No one's interested Cold and too aggressive Close to hypertension I'm broken from the pressure Explosive with my temper I'm sober but I'm stressing And hoping it gets better Am I falling off? Should I give it up or put it all on pause? Like all this dream so I can visit home and talk to mom? Maybe all I need's another Instagram post With a quote about believing in yourself when you're low You don't think you're a fighter But I know you are You are a liar But I'm a believer, nothing is impossible I'm a believer, I believe I'm a believer, I believe You don't think you're a fighter